0: Welcome to today's episode of Everyday Kink. Today, I have a special guest. I have digital content, creative creator, as he likes to call himself, smuttographer, the infamous D Logs, aka Daddy Logs. I'll post his links in the blurb. But he's going to give us a little insight on how he got started and what exactly goes into creating content. Because it's not all Pushing a button and going at it. There's a lot to go into it. And he's going to let us know what exactly goes into it. And how he's been able to to navigate through this industry. And produce the type of work that he produces. Alright everybody. Once again we are back with another episode of Everyday Kink. And we are going to the smut side. Okay. I just came with that up on the fly. We have one of my favorite smutographers, digital content creative, creative content creator, a man who, who travels and shoots and creates dope shit all the time. And I've seen him shoot everything from POV, kink style stuff, all the way... To like fashion, to videos. You just did some work with one of my homeboys who I did a song with, and I actually did some promotional pictures for her, Clockwise.
1: Oh yeah. Clock, hell
0: oh, yeah. That's the homie clock. If you're yeah, listening, yeah. I ain't forget, buddy. I still got you there. Um, this is Rick DeMichel. And I had to check to make sure I said that correctly. Uh-huh. Um it's fun to have him here because when I first started doing group shoots, you came to, like, one of the first group shoots I held. Really? Yes. Shit. <laughs> Damn. Because you, you had set up down, downstairs in the dungeon. Yes. You're right.
1: I do remember that. Wow. Yes. Holy shit.
0: Yeah, that lets you, let, lets you yeah, know how long we've been in the game. Wow. Oh, <laughs> that Damn. was a long time ago. Yeah, that was
1: a while ago.
0: That's, that's, that's when you know you've been around the game where you can like bring up a story and someone will be like, fuck, I forgot about that shit. Yeah, man. I, sh- I shot there so much. I forgot about that one, man. It's,
1: it's been a while since I used it. I want to I use that uh, to that, nice that
0: Xavier Cross. Yeah. I've only used that twice for a shoot. Uh,
1: I man, I didn't really want to use it for a
0: shoot. But I mean, like, I was yeah, you know, like, I, mean, I mean, you know, it <laughs> you know, you know, you get some uses yeah. in there. Yeah. But um, one of the reasons why I wanted to have Rick here is because now I've interviewed Sex workers, I've interviewed people who are getting into kink in the BDSM world, but I haven't talked to anybody on the other side of the camera. The guy who does a lot of the, the the guy, people who do like a lot of the creating, you know, setting up the shoots, putting them together, crafting the ideas to make sure everything comes together. Because a lot of people, I feel, oversimplify what a producer does. Because they just see the results, but they don't understand like what you watched for 20 to 30 minutes took like a week or a couple of weeks to put together, to map out, to get everything perfect. And that's not even thinking about the post-editing stuff after you get everything sent and done. So I want to have you here because, you know, your vast experience and knowledge in this subject. Thank you. You got to give people their flowers while they're here. A lot of people don't like doing that. A lot of photographers... Don't like giving other photographers props When it comes to shit that's like really dope We don't do that here We're a welcome (laughs) opening community here So Let's Let's give people a brief introduction Of what got you into Photography and video work Before we jump into the other stuff
1: Oh actually uh, it was a long time ago Um, I mean I've always been Taking pictures of girls It's It's just I had a Polaroid You know Talk to cute girls and take the pictures and whatnot. Uh, I did that growing up, and and then uh, I started managing models because I was hanging around a lot of different artists and a lot of different uh, studios. And there was a, a photographer that was there. I would work with him. I'd bring in the girls. I was I've always been like sociable, so I'd go to events and I knew a lot of different people all different types of work, mostly entertainment field. So it was really easy to like do a plug and play. I was like a middleman for a little while. Um, and then over time, you know, the girls weren't really cool with some of the photographers that were coming in. So I kind of just picked up one of the cameras, one of the spare cameras, and just kind of shot around and did some, like, portfolio updates for them. And it just kind of rolled on from there. And after a while, that, was, that became my thing. And it just got easier and easier, and it just it kind of it snowballed from there. I didn't have any of the stuff that I have now. I and mean, I've, I've amassed that over, oh, man, 12 to 14 years now. But yeah, that was yeah over ten years ago.
0: Do you remember the first camera you shot with?
1: Yeah, it was a Canon sixty D. Ooh. Yeah.
0: What do um, you shoot with now?
1: Now I have a Sony A seven R two, and then I I have a couple other ones, but that's my main one that I use. But I use all Canon lenses, which is it weirds people out. But I started on Canon, so was, I upgraded all my Canon glass first. So when I got the Sony, I'm like. I'll just buy the adapter
0: huh? anyway, I got the I got the regular 7-2 so I feel I feel like we're kindred spirits <laughs> in, in, in that effect um, alright so what got you into content creation cause that's like it's, it's something that everybody does at one point whether you're like you're filming you and your girl or you're yeah. you know you're sending your your partner pictures here and yeah. there but to dive into a full time what made you go you know what I'm gonna give this a try
1: um, I actually did some work uh, with a couple with a porn company in New Haven for a long, uh, years ago. It was, it was called Dragon Ladies. I don't even think they're around anymore. Uh, it, was, it was a smoking fetish website, so it was, I was in and out of there a lot. And some of the ideas were really cool, so I was kind of playing around with you know, uh, you know different ideas that I had. And I was able to be on set. I was helping them with photos, doing like some BTS content stuff. and uh, from there, I did it more on my off time because I was still doing a lot of commercial work. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the commercial scene and the kink scene, are they, they don't get along. They're not friendly. They're, that's There's no... It's like oil and water. It does not mix. You, your portfolios really can never overlap. I've actually lost jobs because they found out that I do sexy... And that was when I was just doing swimsuit. That's not even, like, kink content. Like That was just <laughs> swimsuit and lingerie. They're like, oh, my God. And... You know, I ended up losing a contract with, with Yale on that one. I was a little, I was a little salty on that, but I'd I be, be salty I get it. for that one. I'd be salty for that one. I get it, I get it, but you know, yeah, it is what it is. But yeah, uh, and it just kind of, I have I don't know, it for me. I, it's one of those things that I enjoy doing. I mean, yeah, there's the, yeah, there's a hot girl or you're know, doing something sexy and fun, but like, I, it's there's so many other challenges that I see to it. I was just telling you the story about what I was doing before, like. There's so many different avenues and things that I gotta do. It, I don't know. I think I like that. I think I like that version of the challenge. With, and the content creating. There's so much more that goes into it. It's not just a fashion shoot, or um, you know, conceptualizing with style and color and textures. I'm doing all that now, but now I gotta add in. Uh, I gotta add in just the I don't, know, I don't know how to say it uncrudely, but like you know, some of the more like sexier positions that you wouldn't see in fashion. You know. Yeah. But, but I gotta somehow make that look dynamic and different without it just being a some girl bent over you know what i mean like it's
0: i am so glad you said that one of the things when people ask me why do i shoot the style i shoot i go one of the things is shooting you know the sexier risque kink bdsm style stuff it's more challenging because it's like what can i do to separate this from like the five million other people that shoot it whether it's angle you know coloring positioning the the idea themes how you want to edit it it's like you just i tell people sometimes i'll show a model and we'll, i just did a shoot and i I sent rick some of the pictures so he could see i was playing around with some lighting techniques there's a girl who's doing like a like a little nice little magazine style artistic nude pose and you know i realized like halfway through the shoot as I'm like, I'm like getting these shots, I'm really excited. And I go, Oh, yeah, I'm shooting a naked girl. Like, that was like such the last thing on my mind because I was so focused on like just getting the shot the way I want it. And I don't think people realize that about producers is like, right. you're so zoned in to making sure everything goes real. Because as we talked about before, one wrong move could throw off everything. Yeah. That by the time you realize what you're doing, yeah. not to say we don't realize, but by the time you realize what you're doing, it's like,
1: yeah. that, that, like, pubescent boy part click anybody. but yeah. oh god you're a hot girl it's like okay haha ha, yeah okay yeah, click on it <laughs> like it's you know what I mean like I don't know it, and that's and that's really tough because with what with what we do it's such a such a more vulnerable position for the model like and I know people are like oh the photographer is vulnerable for us too no no it's vulnerable for the model like you are they are in a it's completely different than like a lingerie or like an art nude like these are erotic shots and this is I mean, it's completely different than what any normal model does, and it, uh, I feel like you know um, you gotta really, you know, you gotta really give him props for that because that's that shit. It's it's hard. It's very difficult, you know. Um, and finding someone that you can trust to do that with that's not like that's not crazy or that's not a weirdo, and you know that takes time. Most of the girls that I shoot with. We establish like a, like a relationship, but not not like a boyfriend girlfriend relationship, not like that at all. But like some type of platonic relationship. Yeah. Like I speak to them. I don't speak to them every day. I'm not messaging them good morning, but reach out to them every once in a while. And I still connect with them. I speak with them, and we conceptualize ideas. I talk to them about. And a lot of times, you know, we'll get into the conversation of what their actual kinks are. If you're gonna shoot something, I'm not gonna have you shoot a kink that that's way way off base for something that you like. Something that you don't like. If you're into something like that, cool. What are you into? How can I make that something you could do? Why? Like, she's gonna, one, they're gonna come out, they're gonna be more alive and they're more comfortable in that area. Um, Most of the time, I'll try to do it in a space of their own. Sometimes I'll come to a lot of the models' homes, you know, they'll bring a friend with them or something. And, you know, I always advocate as a photographer, bring somebody with you, especially if it's first time shooting, especially something like this, you know bring someone you're comfortable shooting that around, you know, that's that you're not going to see. like, ooh, you know, and you hide. It's like, friends should know what you do if you're going to bring them. Yeah. You know? But, um, that, and, that, and even that in itself has challenges of going to a model's house. I don't know what her lighting is. I don't know, I, I don't even know what the rooms look like. I don't, A lot of thinking on the fly. Right? Yeah, everything is on the fly. There's there's so much that goes on, but you still have to build that relationship to get her even comfortable enough to, to, to allow that. You know, there's still... You know, there's still a balance play there that you know you got a lot of people don't necessarily think of like oh she shoots it so let's let's go do this uh, blow job scene tomorrow. Are you what one? Are you are you an actual producer? Do you have a page? Are you tested? Like and not even like normal tested. Are you model tested? Like there's TTS testing. Like are you tested? You know what I mean? You can't just go around shooting and doing all these things and not have your paperwork done. Like that's that's extremely dangerous. And I feel like you know a lot of people don't realize they just feel like oh. And whip my dick out and take, can't take a picture it's, it's not that easy and there's <laughs> been
0: many instances where even in big time porn companies where industry has shut down they've lost millions of dollars yes. over testing yeah. and people not being on an up and up or like straying away from the golden path
1: yeah I mean there's rules for a reason I mean I, I get people like to bend rules and break rules but there are certain ones that they're pretty ironclad and they're like that for a reason
0: so for people Excuse me For people who may not be familiar with The process Because they've just seen the result What exactly goes into Creating content Like what are Because I know people think Okay hot person Something Something sexy Boom there we go But there's a lot more steps to that Let, let the people know what the steps are If you were going to do a scene
1: i want to do a scene with somebody okay well usually first we break down locations like, like i was explaining before sometimes we we'll use their place if not we go to use mine um or we rent a place after that comes down to outfits textures line work um also uh some girls they'll go to pick out an outfit it might be a great outfit but to shoot kink in that outfit might be very difficult for her to maneuver in so you got to pick specific outfits and the way am they're gonna bend and fold make sure that the outfit that you're going to be putting on when you're bending and twisting is not going to make you feel like you look like a loaf of bread. You know what I mean? So yeah. outside of that, I try to have them give me like the most comfortable outfits that they've worn. A lot of times they've probably shot in it before. They'll send me um, pictures and everything of stuff that they've done. Before that, I've already come through their entire portfolio that I can find digitally before I even approach them because if I can't even – I, I, I don't like to take – similar shots that are already in your portfolio. You're gonna work with me, we something crazy, something different, um, which, which helps because it will totally stand out on your wall. But, you know, um, outside of that, then it's, you know, do I even feel, are they gonna feel comfortable working with me? You, you know, when we actually show up to the shoot, you know, outside of setting up, I still have to get all my lights, I don't have a team. There's no team for like, well, some people do have teams. I, it's harder for me, I've done that before. And it's bitten me in the ass because some of the people I brought on do it for the wrong reasons. And I find out how to let them go, get rid of them. And it's guys and girls. So it's not even like it's one side, it was both. So I, you know, it's harder and harder for me to trust people so I gotta do everything myself, which you know, is a lot harder. But um, you know, I set up the lights and then while I'm doing that, I'm talking to the model, trying to make them feel comfortable. So that at least this way when we go start shooting. We start in a nice comfortable outfits, and that they can just kind of loosen up in. And then, you know. But it, that takes time. Sometimes it, before we even start really shooting in two hours. You know, you can't just. I can't just walk in there. Slap a collar on someone. And start yanking them around the house. Like that's. Especially if I've just, just met them. Some of these yeah. people I've never met before in my life. And I have to come in there. And I'm going to shoot something super erotic with them. They, you know. There is a professionalism, of course. But. You still have to make sure that you mesh with them as a person because you know say i go in there and she's like you oh, know i'm not feeling it cool okay we shoot whatever we're done with and, and that's it we part ways like you know a lot of some people they'll want to do it and they back out last minute but you are not comfortable doing it don't do it and you know a lot of times uh i feel like some miles will just do it because they're already there and they feel like they have to you know, I've, I've had models that we've talked about doing extensive stuff. We've gotten there and only do like one or two of the sets because the other one, they're, they're pretty crazy. But we do one or two and I like, go, okay, cool. Like, because some of them have never shot with a male outside of their partner. And some of these women, I'm not their partner. I don't I only know them from Instagram. So I have to connect with them in a way that they connect with a partner. I mean, yes, okay, if they're a sex worker and there is a. There is a and, and I know a lot of people probably get on me for that, but you know, as as sex workers, a lot of people can divide the two love and sex not the yeah. same thing. But at the same time, that is a it's still a vulnerable avenue. So it's a slippery slope. It is so it's just like you gotta you gotta make sure that everything you know everything runs runs smoothly because in those scenarios, you gotta take a shot and she's uncomfortable in any way that it's gonna show. You can't hide that. There's no editing for it you know so it, it, it's hard and for the stuff that i shoot it's really hard it, it's, it's really difficult a lot of times i'll play around with body shots and then i show the model and once they see themselves i feel like a weight is more lifted it's you that know, apprehension
0: until they see
1: what and what i'm actually seeing yeah. they're expecting something like crude and weird and then when they see it they're like oh my god that's so beautiful and i'm like yeah you look great let's keep going and then they and, and we, we ease into it. A lot of times, I you know, when we graduate into each level as we're shooting at, uh, of the content, it's always when they're ready. Okay, oh, oh, do we chop us now? Sure. You ready? Let's go. Okay, take bottoms off. Yep. You ready? Cool. You know, it's... I'm not going to say there. Okay, take her underwear off. Okay, take this. Like, you know what I mean? Because what if she's not ready for that right now? And...
0: You know, don't let people fool you. If a model doesn't feel comfortable with certain shots, it shows. She'll tell you, and it shows in the pictures. Yeah. So, it's like, it's easier to just go at that pace. Now, your partner is a sex worker as well. Yes. So, I always find that dynamic interesting because it's like, you both have been on the opposite ends of the camera. Yeah. Now... Does having a partner who does sex work And creates content Does that kind of help you when it comes to like How you want to craft things Because you have like a sounding board Of someone who is in front of the camera And be like Yeah I see what you're trying to do But like You know as a, as a, as a girl It's just like my mind I feel, I feel like that would be a little bit uncomfortable Maybe if you try approaching it this way It's almost like having Like a Like a wingman
1: Oh, we're, we're talking to other models. Yeah, we're
0: talking to other models and like setting up stuff. It's always great to have. Always, always say as a as a photographer, it's great to have another girl there who's kind of worked with you to kind of bounce things off of to make the other girl feel comfortable. Um,
1: sometimes, a lot of times, actually, you know, I'm usually by myself. Um, I've mentored with a few different people over the years, and there was a couple of photographers while they. I wouldn't say I'd never do it again, because I learned very, very valuable tools that I use to this day. But their mannerisms taught me what not to do very early on. Um, and I felt really bad, because a lot of times uh, you know, I'd see it, and I'd obviously correct him when the shoot's done, but it created a rift between me and him, because the morality's clashed. Yeah. Um, he saw people as objects, and I didn't see it there. But he was also an extremely talented person. So I was stuck in an impasse because I was training and you know, um and he did he did some work, you know, he did a lot of like swimsuits and like I candy But it, it uh you know, it, it definitely taught me what not to say to people because I, I you could literally see how uncomfortable some of these girls got, which was really sad. You know, I don't even think he's working anymore. it. I think he's retired right now. Well, we've
0: but, always had we've had that we just had to talk about, you know, Photographers that we either looked up to or came up with are
1: like fading away of not fully, yeah, disappeared. Yeah, not now. They you know they do events and stuff here and there. Maybe you catch them out every once in a while or something. But yeah, a lot of them they they hung up their cameras. Is digital digital content got easier to create? You know, if you're not going to change with the times, and I have a hard time doing that myself. I'm still stuck in old ways. Like, I could probably better my business if I just change, but it's a—it's hard to change
0: habits. That you've had for, like... Years. Yeah. Years.
1: Yeah.
0: Now, something that people don't realize, and, you know, the filming of it, that's one thing. Yeah. It's the editing and getting everything right for the final product, which is, like, a whole other beast and animal and it's stuff. You just tell people... It's not just as easy as recording and then uploading. Can you tell people about like when the camera shuts off and you have to now sit in front of that fucking screen <laughs> yeah. for hours on uh, end?
1: Hell yeah! Uh, yeah. Oh. It's your your job's not done. I mean, the shoot, everything is fun that day. And, I mean, I'm sure. I mean, and with everybody else, you know, their jobs aren't done either. They have other things they got to do, you know, marketing wise. But the editing, it's sometimes it's hours, hours behind the camera. Um, I mean, and for me. I have a specific style that, even now personally, I'm trying to break just because of how much content I get back. It's it's almost killing me the time that I have to take for editing. But I mean, even just setup, um, I was always it was beaten into me try to get it as close to in camera as possible. Mm-hmm. I used to always be like oh, I'll fix it in Photoshop and it's hours now. I'm still doing hours, but I'm able to do more photos within the hour. But it's still, it's still not easy because the shoot itself. Oh, man,
0: <laughs> <laughs> I, I, you see, I just opened up oh, that. Man. I just took the Band-Aid yeah. off that wound.
1: Yeah. Oh man. Yeah. No. I'm, I still now. I got probably another 35 hours of editing, and that's the last like two minutes. Which one? Actually, I got. I got a clock video in there. I got uh, furious. I got a couple erotic videos. I got to get done some erotic. Uh, uh, marketing, like, promo stuff that I put together. It's usually just rip-outs of the video, and it's, oh, man, it's... So so much. I really wish I could train someone to edit, honestly. <laughs> I'm not even lying to <laughs> you. I really wish I knew someone that was like, I'd love to do that stuff. Really? Here. Take all of that. Take all of it. Please. But... But no, I'm, I'm, I'm a pretty... I'm, I'm pretty stickler for a few things, so even my simplest edit sometimes can take me 45 minutes, because I'll look at the photo, and I'll look at the model, and anything... That retracts my eye away from the model, I will erase. Anything that's not like a a, a dynamic line or a good color tone, or you know, obviously like wires, little like little things like that, little things on the ground. I mean, even down to cement. I'm I'm weird. Like even <laughs> down to cement lines, I'll take out the cracks, things here and there, because I want the focus on her, you know, or him, or them. For those who are there. Yeah. But, um, you know, it's, oh man, uh man, such a headache sometimes. And it definitely cuts into personal time because, you know, each. sometimes I'll do three or four sets and then I got to edit those three or four sets. And by the time you got a couple hundred pictures, you got to get back. And it's it's hours. It'll be a whole day. 18, 15 to 18 hours I I remember spending at least probably edited uh, somewhere around 160, almost 200 photos that day. And I remember starting in the morning around 10 o'clock and I finished around 1 a.m. Ooh. And that was just that was just one random day that I was able to just kind of manically blow through all the editing. And that wasn't even a, that was like 20% of the edits that I needed to get done. So I still had no work. I was exhausted. <laughs>
0: so let me ask you, as someone who shoots like very because I always I always like to say your work is intense because of the thought that you put into it because you put a lot of, you put a lot of thought like if you like the conversation we had before we started if you were to just like write down everything be like oh my god you gotta think about that oh and you gotta yeah. think about that yeah. and then that and then you gotta write about that and then that's that's even before you even sit down and you gotta sit down and edit and all that stuff How- did you know or did you have an inkling that when you started this adventure that this was going to be the time and effort and the sweat that you were going to pour into it like you're doing now when you first started?
1: No. No way. No, it's a lot. It's, there's a, it, There was so much more that I didn't realize at the time when I was doing it uh, that now. But I feel like it helps because you can't just... Some of the angles that I get, it's, you can't really duplicate it, just because even myself, when I'm there, I know in my head, I'm like, damn, I need three people to take this shot. And I don't have three people to take this shot. So I'm like duct taping things to walls, and I'm like using string so that lights are leaning a certain way. And at the same time, like I was just telling okay, I did a shoot recently, um, where we used, uh, we did my, my infamous POV shot, where I always had my hand in the shot. Um, and usually I'm like either guiding the model holding a leash or playing around and this time yeah, we wanted to use a fuck machine and She had gotten a fuck machine from a job it was, it was awesome but there were so many things that I didn't even like think about I'm thinking okay we just gotta keep it kinda steady because we're on the kitchen table in the middle of her dining area and I lit up all the lights in the room so I have all my lights going so her living room is lit up like a Christmas tree and um, thank God she had curtains. I mean, they're sheer curtains, so I'm pretty sure they saw shadows, which that's <laughs> that's a whole other story in itself. But so she's doggy style down on the, on the kitchen table, and I have the, the fuck machine angled. It's, you know, it's on, so I'm taking the shots. Now, mind you, I have to have my left knee up on the table on the back end of the fuck machine, while my shoulder, my el- my left elbow, was on like the back. And then I had to, like, shimmy my hand into the shot. But it had to be far enough down into the shot because the the lens that I had, I didn't have my 16 and the 24, so I didn't have as much, like, length that I needed to, like, slide my hand in the shot without making it awkward. But now I still needed to get the remote that has the dial on what it's turned up to while still being able to capture the angle of her ass, legs, and feet and hope to God that I don't, tilt it the wrong or I cut off the top of her butt, it's got to all be centered just the right way while I'm still maintaining the fuck machine that's going, while trying to hold my camera with one hand at a downward angle at the angle level of the table, so now I'm like to this, to my right, bending sideways. You would have thought I was a cheerleader growing up, man. I don't know how <laughs> the hell I do some of these moves. One one time I got stuck. I got stuck? Yeah, I didn't say anything to the model, though. Um, I just told him to go in the other room and set up for me and, and I had to break the drywall. Um, <laughs> so I was trying to get this weird angle and I was laying down and I don't know what the fuck I was thinking, but I started like putting my foot up on the corner to like shimmy myself more because it was a very tight hallway and somehow I ended up at like a forty degree angle with my feet up in the air, but the shot looked awesome because she was like hanging from like a door beam. Ooh. It looked sick. But then, like, my foot shifted the wrong way, and I felt myself kind of, like, lock into, like, a... You know when you shimmy something down and just get stuck? I felt that, and I was like, oh, I'll be all right. I kept shooting, and then once we were done, she's like, okay. I was like, all right, we'll go in the next room, and I went to go move, and I'm like, fuck, I can't move. So I ended up having to, like, bust my knee through the drywall to get myself to, like, fall into the hallway. It was... Thank God it was an abandoned building. <laughs> <laughs> but... <laughs> yeah, I don't... Oh, man, I don't... Should, some, of the, some of the stuff that I get myself into... But I'm telling you, man. Sometimes the shots. There's one time I almost drowned in the pool getting a shot. Yeah, I, I I I float. I'm big, so. <laughs>
0: I, I know that feeling. I know that feeling.
1: <laughs> I jump into the pool, and the artist had to dive in with the model at the same time to get the kiss in the middle of the pool. So every time I go under, I wouldn't I would start bouncing up. So I had to get another model to jump in the water and stand on my shoulders to hold me underwater now something must have happened up top they didn't jump in in time so i'm already half out of air by the time they jump in so i'm trying to get them swimming before they even touch i'm out of air so now i'm like fuck i don't want to ruin the shot because you know we're losing light so i just start drinking the water i wait till they get really really close I look like they're about to do the kiss thing and like i curve around i'm still drinking water and then finally i just kind of like tap the model and she moves and i jump up I just coughed fucking all kinds of water for like at least 15 minutes. It was so bad. But I didn't want to waste the shot. But yeah, I, I'm weird.
0: Now listen, sometimes <laughs> some, sometimes you gotta you got you got, you got sacrifice yourself. And when you see the shot, you go, fuck, this was worth it."
1: Right, yeah. Oh man, every time I see it in the video, I'm like, yeah, I almost died for that. It was nice. I got it though. Uh, I actually, I fell off a off a well it wasn't like a big cliff but i was doing i was shooting pictures for a paintball thing in uh where the hell is it somewhere up in the valley i think it's like cheshire maybe I can't remember i just know i had to go up route 8 to get there it took a little while and uh it's on the side of this weird like mountain thing and there's an area in one of the camps i thought it was like a just a little slope and curves around At that curve, it's like a 20, 25-foot drop. Oof. I had no idea. I slid the wrong way trying to run, so I was getting pelted. I was trying to get some cool shots somebody else running. Didn't even notice. Slid. Went right off the fucking side of the fucking mountain. Landed right on my back. I just laid there for the rest of the fucking tournament. I was just like, I'm out. I'm I'm done. Yeah, I'm out. I sat there. I looked at my camera for a second. I was like, oh, I shot a couple times into the sky. I looked at it. I was like, okay, lens isn't broken. I turned my camera off and I just laid there. I was like, no one find me. I'm good. <laughs> I'm going to sit here for about a half hour and catch my breath. Then walk, walk around like, like nothing happened. Yeah. I came back out and they're like, where'd you go, man? I'm like, ah, oh, yeah. Just like saying, I had to go to the bathroom. Bathroom break. Yeah. How has,
0: how has kink played a part in, like, adapting or adjusting or evolving how you shoot?
1: Hmm.
0: Oh, I'm trying to ask, like, the real good, like, provoking questions here
1: <laughs> Well, it definitely helps uh, it's definitely challenging uh, one angles i mean down to props there's so many props each prop has a different texture different lighting style sometimes it works sometimes it doesn't i've tried different things for kink that just didn't work you know you just that couldn't get the right angle on the person um, I was having an off day, you know, but hmm, it, there's there's so many different challenges to shooting kink than to fashion or anything I've ever done. There's so there's so much more, uh, I guess, interaction-wise. Because sometimes I do fashion. I'll talk to them for 20 minutes in and out. But with what I do, like I was saying before, you know, they're letting you into the. Like just a vulnerable space, even a headspace for some of them. Um and, you know, that's you gotta really give them respect for that because you have gotta have a lot of trust for somebody. And that's in this industry trust can be very hard. Yeah. Very hard. And uh, it takes time. Some of these people I didn't just up and shoot kink with them. I should have shot them before. Very safe work. Um most of the time when I do anything to shot kink, usually it's they come to me and they ask me because they've seen me do it with somebody else. And I'm like, oh, I really like that. I'd love to do, I'd love to try something like this, just maybe not as much, you know? And look at that, cool. What are you comfortable with? What are your boundaries? What's, yes, what's, you know what I mean? I get a checklist first. And that's, and I figure that's, I mean, it's common sense for any shoot. You know what I mean? It's just, with kink, there's just a lot more safety checks that you have to go through. I feel. Personally, um, like I, I have, I have some models. You know, I'm constantly checking in on them. You know, this some some people, you know, this this industry can be pretty rough. So you check in with them, make sure their heads they're in the, even the right headspace to shoot. I've had I've canceled shoot just because I know someone's having a hard week, and I've seen it on their story. I see them complaining about something. I'm like, hey, and I, I could I could I see it in the convo. They're just not really about it right now, and I'm like, hey. We yeah, we could totally reschedule this if you are not in the right headspace for this. Because if you're not, I don't, I don't want to push you to do something you're just, you're just not in it. You're not in it. I'm, I'm not mad. Not mad at all. I, I want you to want to do this. Yeah. So if you're not in the right headspace for it, say something. I mean, granted, yeah, I'm sure some photographers get pissed, like, oh, you, I booked the studio or I did all this, like, so, okay, well, you know, at that point, you know, you know, I don't know how they would settle that, but. Hopefully he'd have a backup. Most like most title first, you know. Sometimes I had a cancellation, call up, soon around. You know, it happens. But for something like this, there is a. It's it's different. You really you really got to get there, not in the right headspace. You can't you can't sit there and expect them to do something like that. True. You know. Um, but it's it's a lot because you do have to build that relationship on top of the shoot itself. Like there, there's so many different. I guess, like, wins.
0: Different, right. moving, different moving pieces. Different moving pieces in this I, I, machine.
1: I feel like it's like building a ship in a bottle in a way. You know, like, all these little things you put together slowly here and there. And then right at the end, the end, that's the end edit. You pull it together, and that ship rises, and it looks awesome. It's like, wow, it's so great. That's the edit everyone sees. All that work. All that, those little intricacies that they don't see. You know, long hours, you know. Even the shoots, sometimes the shoots aren't like an hour or two. King shoots go on for a while. Shh. King shoots go on for a while because sometimes you know you can't, you know, do something for a little bit, and you take a break, do something for a little bit. It's way more challenging, way more challenging on the body, way more challenging on the person. You can't expect somebody to just blow out like four or five looks in two hours, especially on the king scenes. They're crazy. That's not happening. I mean, I'm sure there are people that can do it. They probably bless working, your soul. Yeah, they've probably been working together for years. And they're comfortable enough with each other to bounce between those two. But if you're not, and you're just meeting somebody, it's going to be a half a day, at least. Especially if you're doing video. Oh. Especially if you're doing video. I just, man, editing all that's going to be rough. <laughs> picking the right scenes. Sound is important. Sound is very important, especially for erotic stuff. Sound is super important. You can't be having, uh, you know, especially if it's like the, the ASMR type stuff. It's yeah, gotta you
0: definitely got to make sure your sound is on point for that. It's got to be very crispy
1: always man. And, it, oh, man and it's hard because even with video you have different types of video I've been I've been, uh, been kind of like I'm not I'm not some but like I, I was submitting erotic stuff for companies and they, t- they told me that I made uh, chip porn is what they called it because I focused more on emotion and expression rather than just like the raw <laughs> action the raw action of it and I'm like the raw action is still there but you're seeing how they're reacting yeah. to that so getting, I'm giving
0: you a little bit but, more depth to right. go with it's this like, I
1: don't know I, I think it's hot but then they're like no nah, people want to just see and I'm like I mean I guess but if you look at some of the most watched videos they're not that no. so I mean and, and I, and I know, people, you know the porn industry caters to one side and that's a whole other conversation but um, you know I, I like I like expression I like different things you know? You can even see it in my shots. It's, it's not oh, yeah. just about that. There's, There's a whole eat.
0: setup to it. It's it's it's, yeah. it's a story. Yes. Every shot is like a story. Like you go in and go, okay, I can I can I can get, take a gander of what this is about.
1: Yeah, yeah. And and even even sometimes too, I have to be careful with the models that I shoot. So some of these girls uh, or some of these models, I say girls, sorry, um, apologize for that. Uh, some of these models, they uh, they have clients. And some of these clients can actually be jealous. So certain shots, sometimes I'll have the medical gloves on and I'll take the wristband off. And you only see the tip of the medical glove because if they see it's another man, it it breaks that fantasy for them. But then there are other people that see the hand and it fills the fantasy because they they can put themselves in that position. So it is a little bit of a delicate balance and that's usually another conversation that I have with the models. I ask them, especially if they're selling content, what type of content do you sell? What's your main seller? Who who are your biggest clients? And I know, I know, and obviously I'm not asking for specifics, but it's more of a long content-wise. What, what do they like? What are you getting hit up for the most? What do you like to do? What are your values? Um are, are your clients the jealous type? Do they like to watch boy girl stuff? Or is it only girl girl stuff? Do they, you know what I mean? Or do they just prefer solos? Like, um, and that depicts on how we shoot. Some of them might be like, oh, yeah, they don't really like seeing boy girl stuff, they just want solo stuff. Cool. And I've shot stuff where it's still POV, but you don't see me anymore. It's just the angle of the lens where it looks like this girl's about to like sit on your face. Now, my use is nowhere near me. It's just getting the right angles Knowing your legs. To make it look like To yeah, make it look like I'm literally right between her legs And I don't have to be You know Because I'm sure There are other guys Like oh I gotta be right here And their their camera's Three inches from their, their butthole You know what I mean Like I gotta be here And then the image looks like shit And they're like Well you were back there For fucking ten minutes What were you doing You know So <laughs> But yeah It's a, it's, a, intimate, it's, a
0: <laughs> it's an adventure Yes It is an adventure Well thank you for taking time out to come and jump on our podcast. We have to bring you back. Yeah. We're only touching the tip of the iceberg. Yeah. Trust me, we could go into depths and depths of stuff. Oh, yeah. But, you know, <laughs> we got, we got, I, got, I got to pat it out. I got to pat it out. I got to bring them back like maybe an episode or two later and then we, can, we, can, we, can, we can go on another trail. But thank you so much. Yeah, Where can the people find your work? That, you
1: know, a lot of people ask me that. Um, I was going to be I had the OnlyFans thing, but I'm just having issues with paperwork because they keep changing the TOS. Yep. Um, But other than that, right now uh, I do more direct sales. But you can hit me up on Instagram, uh, dlogs, d-l-o-g-s dot t-v. And then if you're a Twitter fan, uh, it's daddylogs, d-a-d-d-y-l-o-g-s. You can follow me there on both those platforms. That's more of my my more adult work my erotic work and I keep it separate from my commercials so um, if usually when people follow me on there I assume you're either a sex worker or, or a fan or a client yeah uh, but Yeah. so if anyone wants to find me those are my two spots I don't have a website yet uh, I'm in the works on that I'll say cause yeah,
0: yeah you want- should've been
1: <laughs> well the one that I was trying to create was uh, similar to an OnlyFans I wanted to create something that I can use for myself and then in time uh readjust the platform so that it becomes a public form. So I no longer have to supply the upload. I can have people upload it in the same fashion as like an OnlyFans. Yeah. But it would just be a collection. And Certain you just people, manage it. Right. And I just manage it at that point. Um, and right now I'm just working on the proper payment platforms because there's that big thing now with Visa and MasterCard. They're making it a lot harder for sex workers to make money through the digital world. So, we have to get super, super creative. But right now, I'm talking to a couple of different companies with actually building the, the proper website. But hopefully, either by the end of the year, I'll have like a beta version or it'll be semi up and running, at least just for me. And then over time, I'll create the extra avenue so I can start adding on a public platform.
0: Nice. Is there anything or any advice that you would like to give someone who's thinking about getting into content creation that maybe you wish someone would have told you? from the jump that you feel like would benefit people who are just getting their toes wet?
1: Take all the bad shots you can first. I saw somebody say that to someone, and I don't know why it resonated with me, but like growing up, growing in this industry, I, I always thought I had to take the perfect image and I would take a shit ton of bad ones and I'd hate myself for it. But I feel like now, you know, those help me because it helps you grow. Yeah. Um, looking at your work from an outside viewpoint, because everyone loves their own work, but as an artist, you're always going to want to grow. You're never going to be happy with anything, and that's something you got to not 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 necessarily way, but um, find people that you idolize that are doing this every day. That this isn't a hobby for them. This is their lifestyle. Those are the people you want to learn from because there are things that you're not going to learn anywhere else. There, there are so many different avenues there are so many different things that you can learn from other people, half of the things that I do were learned from mentors over the last 10 years where I've had to go there and I've had to find a barter system, you know like, what do you need? BTS <laughs> you want pictures, you need someone to carry something, build something, what do you need that I can do for you because I don't need you to tell me what to do because I'm a visual learner so I can sit back in the final hour and just watch how you read a room watch your lighting positions, understand how you use it. And if I have a question, I'll ask it. But for the most part, you know, I try to offer something to my mentors, like my birthday. Um, I was part of the Billion, uh, put a billion oysters in the Hudson, it Was a billion oyster project. Well, i drawing a blank on the name right now, but uh, the director and the photographer at the time that I was doing the project was Benjamin Von Wong. It was my birthday weekend. I had plans going all over the place and I canceled everything and I went and I worked for this guy for 4 days. He had no idea it was my birthday and I carried his bags. I was on the water, i almost dropped my shit in the water. I almost fell in the fucking Hudson twice. Yes. I hated that shit. I was hot, sweaty. I did not want to. I walked so fucking much. I did not want to be there, but at the same time, I wanted to be there and I wanted to learn from him because I admired his work and he did like such a he he made things so surreal and I just needed to understand how he took all these wild locations and made them his own and watching him read room and read light as light breaks into it, it helped me because i use all these things everything that i learned from all these mentors and it got to the point obviously where i, I went to school i graduated i have a bachelor's in film so like but that was i got to a point where like i learned everything i wanted to learn i did great work but when i went to school i learned why I did the things that I did is most people I learned from weren't classically trained. They learned from mentors or YouTube yep. or something. So going to school, I learned the rules, which allows me now to bend them. Yes. Now I can do what I want to do because I understand how to do it. So that, and, and if you notice, is between 2013 and 2016, f- 2015, my work drastically changes because that I learned, shift. I learned the rules. And that shift helped me because now I'm able to get as creative and weird as I want but you, know, you gotta learn the rules before you can bend
0: them. there you go well like I said thank you so much and definitely we're gonna bring them back so don't worry um, I'm gonna link the, the info and in the blurb for this so if you guys wanna follow, contact and you know don't be ashamed if you wanna get some content you can buy some content You know, oh, always. I always support those who support my guests so feel free to support my guests all you want Thank you for coming, and we'll check you later.
1: Thank you for having
0: me. Thank you for tuning in to this episode. Hopefully, you enjoyed what you heard. Got some information that you didn't really know about. And hopefully, just hopefully, if we did things right, you want to listen again. Feel free to tune in and zone out with Everyday Kink. See you later, Space Cowboy.